Welcome to the Crazy Ike Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Hetty. No matter where you are, thanks for making this part of your day. Thanks for taking a listen. Follow me across social media at Crazy Ike Fan on Instagram and on X. Crazy Ike Fan Facebook page. What's up, ladies and gents? I can see this around the world. What's going on? It's your boy, Teddy, back with another Crazy Ike Fan podcast. Sorry, I haven't been able to record. Just had some personal stuff to take care of over the last couple of weeks. Me and my family had an emergency. We had to run down to another state. Um, but all is good, all is well. Back at it. So let's get to a big episode. I'm going to be recapping Ike's loss to Ofi down in Kriti. Recapping the uh, Ike Ajax match. And recapping a little bit of the Ike Panatolikos as well as talking about the upcoming matches. So let's get right to it. Before I start, guys, first things first, if you like the content, please subscribe, rate the podcast wherever you can, leave a review wherever you can, whether it's good or bad. It just gives the podcast more visibility and we can become a bigger part of I can see this in Greek football fans. So let's get to it. Another thing, Silipitida to the family of Yanis Unaidis, who was a great Greek basketball coach. I know he coached Libyakos. He coached Ike and led Ike to a EuroLeague final. I want to say it was in 1998 against Kinder Bologna, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, may his memory be eternal. Just a great loss of a, both a person and a great basketball coach, especially in the in the 90s in, in Greek basketball. Um, again, may his memory be eternal. And so let's move on here. Let's go to Ofi Ike. 2-0 to the home side down in Kriti, Iraklion. A very tough place to play at the Theodorus Vardilogianis. I said it before that I saw this game kind of being a trap game for Ike because Ofi can play good football at times. I could see Ike going in a little overconfident. So let's talk about this match. And full disclosure, okay, the other matches, I really didn't have a moment to record a podcast. And that's why I haven't till now. This one I did, but I can honor, and I'm just being fully transparent here. I was really pissed off after this match. I was fuming. I was so freaking distraught that I honestly just didn't feel like recording, man. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to make any bones about it. I apologize. I know it's nice on episodes where that raw emotion comes out and in full effect, I should have really uh, recorded, but just a terrible, there wasn't much to say, just a terrible performance. I totally went into this. I don't know if it was overconfident. I don't know if too much of a ro- rotation by Almeida. I think he's still trying to figure out that rotation. And I, and I get it because there's a lot of matches. There's a lot of European matches, league matches, cup matches are getting ready to start. So I get it. He's trying to find a rotation. And then the, the team's roster is so deep that you should be able to rotate the side and be able to beat teams like Alfie. No offense to Alfie. They, they had a great game plan. They're... Um, their their manager outmanaged Almeida in this match. Played the match exactly. It, it just played in Ofi's hands. Honestly, They're, I just didn't do anything. 
terrible start to the game to concede in the first five minutes. And then you didn't really see... I had maybe a, a handful of opportunities. They didn't even create that many opportunities. Van Weert had a terrible game. Uh, defensively, the team looked okay. I mean, yes, the second goal that was conceded was simply just conceded because I were pushing so forward to try to equalize that Ophi were able to run in space. And especially with a... They put a center forward in coming off the bench that was able to, to run behind the defense. Um... Just a terrible match, a match that I wanted to forget about. And I've talked about this last year. I don't think I've talked about it this season because we're starting to get, you know, even though it's the, the still the beginning quarter of the season, we're starting to get deeper into the season. Uh, but I've talked about this, especially last year. The title, as we say in Greek, it goes through the countryside. It goes through the rural areas. You have to beat teams like this. And that's one facet that I've seen Ike struggle this season, and I hope they can get it together, is you have to be able to beat teams like Alfie in Kriti. Now, with all respect to Alfie, of course, they've gotten results against Aris. They uh, they got a result against against Balk early on in the season. So again, Heraklio is not an easy place to play, as I've said many, many times on this podcast. But an Ike team with this much quality should be able to go down there and get three points. And it's and it's it's frustrating because you at this to to this point, right? Let's not let's not look into the future. Let's focus on this match. We didn't see Ike get an easy win at all this season. When you see Panathinaikos pounding teams 5-0, when you see Olympiakos pounding teams 3-4-5-0. Getting those easy victories against some of these uh, lower sides on the table, Ike needs that. Ike needs that to keep pace. It's not just, you know, Ike can hang with the big boys. There's no, you know, we beat Panathinaikos, we got a result against Olympiakos, we're getting ready to play Pauk in a couple weeks, and I'm sure we'll get a decent result there. We can hang with the big boys. We've proven that. You have to be able to beat these quote-unquote smaller sides. Don't do it convincingly, but don't also give us a freaking heart attack every single time you step out on the pitch. I mean, it just has to get easier, and I don't know what the answer is here. And we'll talk more about that, but I just wanted to make that point that the championship, the Protafnima, the league title goes through the rural areas, the countryside, if you will. And I truly believe that you have to be able to beat some of these teams, because I, I right now, the way, as well as the other clubs are playing, especially Olympiacos Manhattanaikos, I don't see them dropping very many points against some of these sides. Whereas I've seen Ike struggle so far all season long, except for a couple of matches, you know? Um, but not much to say on this. I mean, I, I, I don't know, man. Ike just looked empty. Van Weert was very disappointing in this match. Now, I do have you do have to take it with a grain of salt. Van Weert's not the type of striker like Araujo that can come back and can get control of the ball by himself and can create his own shot. Can you know he's just a different center forward than Araujo than than uh, Garcia. 
Obviously, Garcia is a big miss, and we pray that this kid can get himself healthy this season because we've seen it in all matches where I really, really miss their starting center forward. Then weird is more of, but if, if, if what the point I'm trying to make is if you're not getting any service into the box, then of course he's going to look terrible. There were no balls being put into the box. There was no connection made. There was no, it, it just seemed, the team just seemed terribly empty. Um, so well done on Ophion and taking advantage of that and really taking it to Ike. And I really have to be careful about it. it it's frustrating because it, to this point, they had conceded in almost every single match played this season. And that's that's a, that's a worry, especially when you have such defensive quality. Because I have liked what I've seen out of Collins. Mituglu has played well. Mukudi and Vida, as we'll talk about in a minute getting to the Ajax match, have played well. I don't know what it is about this team conceding. And you can't keep counting on you're going to outscore your opponents. That's just not the way football works. Even if you're like someone like Man City and Real Madrid, there's going to be games where you're going to pay for your lack of discipline at the back. It doesn't matter how well you are. It doesn't matter how good you are. You're going to pay for it eventually. And I paid for it in this match. They paid for it and... Couldn't respond in time and lost three points fairly to, to Ofi and Kriti. So you could tell, even with me just talking about it now, a couple of weeks later, it was very frustrating. And I, and, I'm, and I apologize for not coming on and talking about this match. But I was like, let's move on to the next one. In my mind, I was thinking at this point, like, let me, let's just please have a good showing against Ajax. Please, let's just play well against Ajax. So let's... With that said, let's move on to Ike Ajax 1 1. So, <clears throat> sorry guys, let me have a sip of water here. This match, I went into it thinking, okay, Ike need to play better. It was very, <coughs> excuse me. It was very sad that Levy Garcia was injured again. I really feel like in Europe, especially with teams against this quality that tend to play their lines up a little higher, as we saw in this match, the the wingers and the forward for Ajax did, they could get in behind the defense. Uh, this was a very fun match to watch. Very intense, very uh, back and forth at times. A lot of missed opportunities by both sides. I feel like a very fun European night. And, and I like that about Ike. I like the fact that if Ike feels... If Ike and Almeida feel like they could hang with teams, that they'll go right at them. They don't play this whole, like, you know, we're going to sit back. We're going to come at you. And, um, like, uh, I even uh, heard this... I went back and rewatched this match a couple of days ago just to kind of refresh my memory and take some more notes on it. <clears throat> really to just refresh my memory and because I was able to watch the replay. On some of the Greek matches, Greek League, Super League matches, I'm not able to go back and watch the match. I will sometimes, schedule-wise, catch the replay every once in a while. But with the European matches, they're on a platform here in the States called Paramount Plus. For those of you that are in the States, 
in the qualifiers, they didn't show very many of the matches, but now that we're in the group stage, they show every match, so it's definitely well worth it, and you can go back and watch it. I mean, they have over, like, oh, close to, like, 600 matches on uh, on replay. I mean, you could go back five years ago when Ike was playing, or a few years ago when Ike was playing back in the Europa League and in the Champions League and watch some of these matches, which is pretty cool. Um, so I went back and, and rewatched it, and just like the announcer said, uh, Almeida gets his inspiration with that high press and his style of football that he likes to play. I call it, I don't think it's full Bielsa ball, but it's kind of, I call it Bielsa light as I have before on the podcast. And I love to just see Ike play in Europe because I think the players get up for it. Uh, the crowd was into this match, obviously, of course, Opaparina, Yasofia, um, Ajax, a very talented side, a struggling side. And I want to say a few words on this, if I can, kind of segue out of the match for a second. Um, the one thing where I respect other leagues around Europe, and especially I respect the Dutch for, is they're going to start young talent. They're going to throw young talent into the fire, and they're like, it's the only way you're going to learn. It's the same way with, you know, you can't teach someone to swim unless they're in the water. And I like that. I like, you know, yeah, they've had a lot of backlash this year, a lot of stuff at their home games going on with their poor performances. But Dutch sides especially are able to take that step back and say, we're in development mode. We want to develop these players. Well, how are these players going to develop? By playing in these matches. I mean, starting 17, 18, 19-year-olds in a uh Europa League match is something that's not common to us in, in the Greek Super League and something that I, I don't see it changing because culturally I feel like Greek football is so much more different. There's so much, not to say that there's not pressure on Ajax, but culturally in the Eredivisie, they're used to this. Every few years, you know you're going to have a bad year. You know you're going to have a bad season or a couple bad seasons, but you think about the end product. This team is going to be great in like a year or two, I think. Ajax, they really show that. You saw the speed they have on their team, the individual talent. They just need to put it together. And look at it. And, and I didn't even know this till I was watching it the other day. They still have their original manager, even though they're struggling this year. I mean, if, if, if Ike were put in this position, even with Almeida just coming off a double winning season, if Ike sat, you know... 10th, 11th place in the Greek Super League and we're having terrible outcomes and terrible results. Are you kidding me? Almeida would be on the chopping block. There's no way he wouldn't be. But that's the belief that this Dutch system has in itself to develop young players. I really wish the Greeks would take notes of, note of this and be able to do it themselves. Uh, because that's how you develop. You're not going to develop somebody, I'm sorry, by having Mahera go to Ionikos playing against Atromitos. That's not how you develop. How you're going to develop this player is by throwing him out there, and I'm just using Mahera as an example, by throwing him out there to play against, um, you know, against Ajax, Marseille, for example. I know we don't like that, and I know a lot of you might disagree with me on this, but that's the way you develop. You're not going to develop just by sitting back and, and saying, okay, I'm going to give them one or two seasons of sending them on loan. And then to understand the concept that 
young players are going to make mistakes and you learn from those mistakes. There's a reason why in these matches, for example, Vida looks so well. Yes, he's older. You could tell he's aging and he's probably lost a step. But that experience matters. That's how you gain experience. That's the only way you're going to learn. Not, you know, a couple of years ago when people were like, who's this Mitoglu kid? He freaking sucks. He looks like shit. No, he doesn't suck. He doesn't look like shit. He needs just more experience. Or any player for that for that matter of fact. But Almeida, what I do like about him is that, you know, he's given Zini opportunities. And these younger players hopefully will get their opportunities. I don't see them going as drastically as like Ajax or some of these other Dutch sides do. Or even in other of Europe's big football leagues. Not just to pick on the Dutch, but they're a, they're a very good example of this. Start your young players. Play them in these matches. A, it gives them confidence. It gives them the belief that... My club, this system, my manager believes in me by playing in this match. And um, I, you just build their confidence and you build their experience. That's how you build experience. You're not going to build experience starting Zini against Gifisha. <laughs> you know, or starting Bilas against Gifisha. Not to pick on Gifisha. Um, so yeah, the match... Pretty interesting. Uh, Stankovic coming up with great saves. I mean, he has shown his class, world-class goalkeeping by Stankovic lately, especially in this match. Um, just for me, it's massive, massive to have a goalkeeper like this. And you need him in these in this situation, especially in Europe. Um You know, just uh, Ike missing an, an opportunity in the 34th minute, City B. Um, after a great move, I think, by Pineda to get a shot on target, the goalkeeper was able to put it away in City B. I mean, if he was able to just. Ugh, that was frustrating to watch again. This game was kind of frustrating to watch a little bit. On one hand, you were like, oh my gosh, like, Ticlitosa, I'm a big time. Like, we got away with murder on some place because Ajax did have a few good chances to score but on the other hand you were like oh my gosh we could have we could have definitely what i took away from this match is i can definitely get a result in amsterdam playing against this ix team um then in the 39th minute ix opened the scoring again i could give away a penalty now this one I wouldn't say the penalty was harsh. It was definitely a penalty. I do think the first time I saw it on replay live, I said, oh shit to myself. I thought uh, Bineda was going to get a red card. Um, I guess even because looking at it and thinking about the rule book in my head, I was thinking he did not play the ball. But as it was explained later on, it was their legs got tangled. So it wasn't... I don't feel like he did it maliciously. I just <laughs> unfortunate event, unfortunate event. Uh, very unlucky there. It, it's crazy to me to think I kept conceded three goals in Europe and all three were from were from the spot. Um, that just shows you the aggressive nature that Ike defends. Um, 
On the other hand, Stankovic nearly got to it. I mean, he almost, it just had a, a, a beat ahead of him. If he was able to get there a little bit earlier and get his fingertips on it, I mean, but what are you going to do? You can't fault the keeper there. Um, you know, second half, Ike played well. Ike pressed. Ike did whatever they could. And then finally, it, it bears fruit. Corner kick taken short. Amrabat able to cross it in and finds Vida header. Beautiful cross by Amrabat. Great header by Vida. Vida has had a knack, is developing a knack of scoring big goals in Europe and also scoring big goals, period, lately. Um, and the team kind of went back and forth. Ike missed a couple of half chances. Ajax missed a couple of good chances. Um, Stankovic had a, had a couple of good blocks. And then the biggest opportunity, big miss. Oh my gosh, the 89th minute, I was pulling my hair out. Jonsson, Ike steals the ball. And I think Jonsson stole it and was trying to play a 1-2 with Mandalos coming on off the bench and tried to play a 1-2 where Jonsson is wide open in the box and is not able to put the ball beyond the keeper. The keeper did very well, closed off the angle to Janssen. I mean, looking at it from the replay, you were thinking, okay, could he have put the ball somewhere else? But very well done by the goalkeeper. Just a, an outstanding save by the Ajax goalkeeper at that point. I mean, there's nothing much more you could have done. Um, so at first, because of that missed opportunity, because of some missed opportunities, and because of how well Ike played in this match, and how important I think dropping two points here I can honestly say I was a little disappointed. Taking a step back and realizing, okay, the other game finished in a tie, so I still remain top of the table. Still going to be a massively missed two points because I feel like if I were able to get three points here and then possibly steal one against Marseille here next week uh, or in a couple of weeks, it would have been... Uh, you're talking about if I were able to get all three points in this match and then able to beat Marseille in two weeks and pick up the full nine points in the first round of games, um, I think you at least put yourself in a great position, not just to pick up one of the top two spots, but I think that would have really at least stamped third place for you to continue in Europe in this, what was dubbed the group of death of the Europa League before the matches started. And before the matches started, we all had Ike in fourth place. Now I said, and I might be misquoting myself, so don't kill me if you remember what I said, but that it was going to be very hard for Ike to be able to advance, but we also needed to give this team a chance. We also needed to give this team a chance to see what they're able to do in Europe. Definitely now looking at it before the Marseille game. And of course we have to see how they match up against Marseille. Uh, against Ajax and Brighton. I think definitely they could, they could take more points away from both of these teams. And I think, you know, I think at bare minimum, I think third place is possible. If not, if not higher. I mean, if I could go through to the next round and and finish the top two spots in this group, that would be that would be amazing. But at least we're showing something in Europe. At least we're doing something in Europe. We're top of 
the group. Um, very exciting stuff. Very exciting match. Very, uh, very good to see Ike after two matches. If I, if we would have even thought that Ike would have had four points and to top it all off, leading the group at this point, people would have probably called this crazy. People probably would have called this way too, uh, way too, um, way too, um, way too, I don't know, proud. What's the word I'm looking for? Way too, uh, way too optimistic. Um, so yeah, that's the way that this one finished. Like I said, at first I left a little bit of a bitter taste in my mouth, but after taking a step back and seeing, especially rewatching it and seeing that I could have easily won this match, but could have easily just lost it, you know, um, so let's move on here. Let's go to Ike Panathinaikos. Ike finally getting theoretically easy victory. 3-0 against Panathinaikos, the lonely Panathinaikos. A couple of keynotes here. One, Eliasson had two assists in this match. Great match by him. One of the best matches he's had in Ike uniform, in my opinion. Now, everything here with this match has to be 100% taken with a grain of salt. And the reason why, <coughs> statistically, by all the metrics and just the positioning in the table, Panatolikos have looked like the worst side in the Greek Super League this season. So do I think they're the worst side? No, hopefully for their sake, they can get it together. But so far, they have not looked good. So... Not to put a damper on it, because they're still a professional team. They're still in the Greek Super League, but they are the worst side right now in the league. The fact that it took 34 minutes to be able to get that first goal. And that's something that I didn't mention in the... I, I forgot to mention talking about the Ophi match. And I think that's why this went a little different. Is I... And who am I to criticize Mateus Almeida? But one thing about this whole finding a rotation, I get that. For me, what's the point of the team struggling with their quote-unquote secondary players or players that are coming off the bench? What's the difference in that? And watching this team struggle to put the ball in the back of the net and bringing on those players towards the second half. Now I get it. There's arguments for everything. Some people told me, you know, hey, well, they brought on those players just so they can get a few minutes under their feet before the Ajax match. And 100%, I, un I understand that logic. But for me, the way I would like to see Ike to go from here on out, especially with some of these quote-unquote smaller clubs, for me, it would be more beneficial for the team to start Start your best 11 available. Now, I get it. We've had a lot of injuries lately, blah, blah, blah. Start your best 11. Put the match away. Get a one, two, three goal lead. And then start rotating some of these players out. You have, for God's sakes, you have, like, do a little bit of a rotation. But, you know, leave some of your good quality players in. And that happened in this match. I, I forget exactly who started, but I know Eliasson. The other problem is, I mean, honestly, to take it in a different direction a little bit, and I don't want to contradict myself, which I am a little bit, 
is you have such good quality that you expect more, all right? Like, Eliasson is just as good, if not better, than Amrabat, for example. Two different style of players, two players that can help you in different ways, two players that we've grown to love over the last couple of years, but still two players that are quality starters. Um, one other concerning thing about this match, okay, so I were able to take the lead again with a Vida header in the 34th minute. In the 36th minute, right away in quick succession, Rota was able to get on the end of a, it might have been a rebound, I don't remember, but uh, made it 2-0 right away. Bam, you're done. First half, 2-0 against this Panatolikos team. Of course, I've heard people say the riskiest score in football is being up 2-0. But I thought against this Panatolikos team, you put two past them, and then um, it's maybe the floodgates will open. Um, it is concerning that all three of these goals, and then Mukudi had a, had a late goal, I think, in the 85th minute to make it 3-0 is that you won 3-0, but with defenders, all defenders scoring, which is great. Look, we have defenders that can score. That is fantastic. But can we honestly say that Ike's, what we thought was a potent offense last year, and what we thought was an offense with Ponce coming on and Pizarro coming on was going to get even better? That I saw this meme the other day that said, uh, it had a picture of Vida, and Vida like celebrating a goal, I think. And the quotation in Greek was, when Vida has more goals than Ponce and Levy Garcia in this season. And look, yeah, I get some people might get irritated at that. I think it was another team's like fan page or whatever. But it was kind of funny. But at the same time, like, yeah, it's true. Like, why is this team struggling so much? Why can we not get more goals from all of these players? We have such great attacking players. Should we be concerned about that as Ike fans? Let me know what you guys think tweet at me or X at me or whatever it's called or get at me. Let me know what you guys think. It is a little concerning. It is a little concerning that you were able, it, it's nice that we were able to get a clean sheet. Even though, again, the competition is against Panantolikos, you should be able to keep a clean sheet against the against a team like this. It was fantastic from that result and that was very important even at times when Panatolikos looked dangerous and missed a couple of good chances as Ike fans I think all of us didn't want to see the ball hit the back of the net because this team was in desperate need of keeping a clean sheet finally this season uh, so that was great to see them win and get an easy win like this theoretically easy win like we said they didn't score to like the 34th minute which yeah it's not tragic in football but what you would like to see is see the what you would like to see, and I'm sure this is in every match we watch. We want to see them put away teams early. We want to see them not just play good football, but put these teams away. These are teams you should be putting away earlier. Um so but a good result. I was a little worried after the Ajax match, and I was a little worried. Because sometimes these teams, I talked about this a lot last season, these games seem theoretically easy, but they're also very difficult, especially when, in this case, Panatolikos, 
bottom of the table or close to the bottom of the table, not playing good football, just had a managerial switch. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how this team's going to come out. Oftentimes, that managerial switch can be a big, um, could be a big uplifting event for a team to play better. And a team that's playing at the bottom of the table, they're desperate for points. So they're thinking, okay, what's the difference if we really go at Ike like other teams have and try to get some type of result when everyone is expecting us to lose like 5-0 or 5-1? What is the difference? Um, so it was a very tricky match. From here on out, I think every match is tricky. But this one, very, very tricky. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, this needs to be a result where beyond all we get three points we finally break this uh, winless streak at home in the league or i don't know winless streak i think we beat atromitos right um we finally get a decent result at home we finally uh get a clean sheet and we keep pace at the top of the table yes we're five points behind early back loss but we keep it at five points. We cannot afford to lose the position that we put ourselves in right now. In these types of matches, we cannot afford to lose points. Because five points, yeah, is not a lot. But again, to reiterate this from what I said earlier, all these teams ahead of us, they're all getting better. And they're all getting results a lot easier than we are. Olympiacos getting results. Even though it's a new, newly team that's being built, they're not struggling against the Panatolikos or they're not struggling against insert team here. I don't see them struggling as far as their results are going. Now, you do see them struggling a little bit in Europe. But picking up these league wins is is is, is very vital. So let's take it now to not much more to say on this match. So let's take it now to talk about future matches coming up. Of course, we're in the international break. Good luck to Lava. Today, right now, it's about 10 a.m. Friday. A lot of that plays in a few hours. Let's hope uh, they're able to beat Ireland and uh, really put themselves in a position to hopefully have a better game against the Netherlands coming up. Uh, anyway, international break. Ike gets back in action next weekend, next Sunday, the 22nd, in Tripoli, which is a hard place to play. Um, let's just hope they're able to pick up three points. Like I said, Tripoli, very hard place to play. Then after that, on the 26th, Thursday, Europa League action resumes. Marseille in Marseille. So very exciting week coming up. And then we finish out the week that Monday, the 30th, and finishing out the month with Ike Balk, very massive derby. So this, this week coming up is going to be very important for Ike and all in all facets, in all uh, competitions. We're definitely going to have to need to get three points in Tripoli. Any drop points in Tripoli are going to put on a huge amount of pressure on Ike to really get a good result against Balk. Because a derby, anything can happen in a derby. Yes, at home we should be able to beat Balk, but with our old friend Lucescu coming back to town, and then in the middle of this we also have the Marseille match. But let me say a couple of things more. Tripoli match, I will be here. Uh, I'll be traveling on the during the Marseille match. Uh, having a, a business trip slash family thing going on that 
whole entire week. So hopefully, fingers crossed, I will definitely be back. And as team news, as team injuries, uh, maybe record a, a shorter podcast next week, previewing the Tripoli match and previewing Marseille. I should be able to record a a podcast after the Marseille match. Don't quote me on it. But definitely that week leading up, it's going to be very hard for me to even listen to the Palk match. I have a very full day of of work that day, being out of town also. Unfortunately, um, just wanted to give you guys a little heads up. And uh, yeah, that was the podcast today. I'm glad I got through it in a decent amount of time. Opus Panda Pedia, Forza Gara. Guys, thank you so much. I appreciate each and every one of you. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the international football. Enjoy the international break. Kethazak Sanapuma.